Good morning, everyone. We're glad to have you join us for this week's broadcast. We pray that today's message will be a blessing to you. We're taking our scripture this morning from the book of John, chapter 20, beginning in verse 18. The Bible says, Mary Magdalene come and told the disciples that she had seen the Lord and that he had spoken these things unto her. Then the same day at evening, being the first day of the week, when the doors were shut, where the disciples were assembled, for fear of the Jews, came Jesus and stood in the midst, and saith unto them, Peace be unto you. And when he had so said, he showed unto them his hands and his side. Then were the disciples glad when they saw the Lord. Then said Jesus to them again, Peace be unto you. As my Father hath sent me, even so send I you. And when he had said this, he breathed on them and saith unto them, Receive ye the Holy Ghost. Whosoever sins ye remit, they are remitted unto them. And whosoever sins ye retain, they are retained. The first thing we want to see this morning, we want to see the men. We want to see the men and these men, they were assembled. They had once scattered as they watched Christ being crucified, but now they were assembled back together now it's natural for them to be scared the members of the sanhedrin hadn't hesitated to kill their master they knew that they might be next perhaps they'd even heard that they were accused of stealing jesus's body but i'm glad that they had the knowledge they had the desire to come back together christ he commanded them to stick together and i believe that he commands us today to stick together in fact the bible says in hebrews 10 25 not forsaking the assembling of ourselves together, as the manner of some is, but exhorting one another, and so much the more as you see the day approaching. Now, if you look around and you can't realize, you don't see that the day is approaching, the day of our Lord's return, then you need to certainly open your eyes. We as Christians, we must stick together. We must continue to exhort one another to fight the good fight, to share the gospel of Christ, and to continue to serve him we must assemble together we must stand together because i believe there's a lot of strength in the church standing together and people being united christians being united we're not fighting against one another we are fighting the same fight as that is promoting spreading the gospel of our lord jesus christ these men they were assembled but i want you to see not only were they assembled i want you to see the day that they were assembled. They come together on the first day of the week. They didn't come together on the Sabbath, on Saturday, on the Sabbath day of the week. The Sabbath commemorates God's finished work of creation in Genesis chapter 2, but they come together on the first day of the week, the week we call the Lord's Day, which commemorates Christ's work of redemption. Now, the Sabbath was a special sign to Israel that they belonged to God in Exodus 20. They were to use it as a day of rest, but they were not commanded to assemble. The scribes and Pharisees added so many rules and restrictions that the Sabbath become a day of bondage instead of a day of rest. Jesus honored the Sabbath, but he violated those traditions of men. The only one of the Ten Commandments not repeated is the one concerning the Sabbath day. Now, no, there were at least five resurrection appearances of our Lord on the first day of the week. The early believers from the very first met together on the first day of the week to worship the Lord and commemorate his death and resurrection. This became known as the Lord's Day as referred in 
as referenced in Revelation chapter 1, verse number 10. First, there is faith in the living Christ. There is faith on His resurrection. Then there will be works in the later days of the week. These men, they were gathered together on the first day of the week. They were assembled. But I want you to see next the master. The master. In verse number 19, we see that the door was shut. And I believe that that's there to let us know that Christ came through a locked door. I believe the door was certainly locked. It made them feel a little bit safer as they were scared of the Jews and they knew that they would probably be coming after them next. Uh, Apparently the laws of the universe do not apply to a glorified body because we get the ideal that Jesus just come through. He didn't open the door. He didn't knock, but he appeared there in the midst of him. This is how it will be easy for us to meet him in the air in 1 Thessalonians 4.17. I believe that Christ was recognized immediately. I believe apparently his body resembled his old one, his glorified body. We don't know a whole lot about our glorified body, but we have a few hints here. And I believe the Bible says, I know it says we will know as we're known. I believe that we will recognize our loved ones someday when we all have that glorified body if we've trusted in Christ. But I want you to see in verse number 20, he showed them his hands and his side. Then were the disciples glad when they saw the Lord. He bore the scars from the cross. Now, I don't believe there'll be any scars on our glorified body. His body was scarred so we could be presented a spotless, righteous lamb. He becomes sin. He that knew no sin became sin so that we could be righteous in him. But I believe that the scars were still in his body today as a reminder of the price he paid so we could be presented spotless. But I want you also to see that he brought peace. Two times he says, peace be unto you. Now the Jews, this was a very popular greeting, but certainly coming from Christ, certainly this great peace meant so much more to these disciples after what they had witnessed, what they had seen to see their Savior come back alive. There was no reason to fear the Jews. He brought redemptive peace because there was no longer any fear in death. What could they do to him? Christ had proven that he conquered death. He proved that he was still alive. That's why the Bible says the disciples were glad when they saw the Lord. Now, when we go to church on Sunday morning, it's not a time to mourn. It's not a time to be upset. But when that sweet Holy Spirit comes through, we should be glad because we know our Savior is alive. I'm glad that I'm not serving some dead God somewhere, a God that can't hear. I'm glad His bones are somewhere in a tomb. I'm glad He is alive today. He is the right hand. He is at the right hand of the Father. Praise God. And we don't have to fear what man can do to us. We don't have to fear death. We can know, we can trust in him we can be excited knowing our savior is alive they was glad when they seen him but not only redemption redemptive peace but there is a relational peace look at verse number 21 then said jesus to them again peace be unto you as my father has sent me even so send i you there is a peace 
and having a relationship with the Lord and doing His will. The first piece in Matthew eleven twenty one or eleven twenty eight, the Bible says, "Come unto me, all that ye, all ye that labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest." That is the redemptive piece. But in Matthew eleven twenty nine, the Bible says, "Take my yoke upon you and learn of me, for I am meek and lowly in heart, and ye shall find rest unto your souls." The second piece is relational for those that have fellowship with the Lord. Look here, the Bible says, As my Father has sent me, even so send I you. Christ has a job, has a purpose, has something for us to do, and there is a great peace in knowing that you are in the Lord's will. And what is that job? What is it that He has for us to do? That is, of course, to spread the gospel of Christ. And He gives us the method in verse 22. And when he had said this, he breathed on them and saith unto them, Receive ye the Holy Ghost. Breathed on is only used twice in the Bible in relation to man. In Genesis 2, 7, And the Lord God formed man of the dust of the ground and breathed in his nostrils the breath of life, and man became a living soul. Here Jesus breathes on these men eternal life by giving them the Spirit of God. This would sustain them and secure them for the interval between his ascension and the coming of the Holy Spirit on the day of Pentecost. It may seem elementary, but before you start serving God, before you start sharing the gospel, you've got to receive the gospel yourself. You've got to receive Christ. You've got to be saved. You've got to have the Holy Ghost. We see the method, but in verse 23, we see the meaning. Whosoever sins ye remit, they are remitted unto them, and whosoever sins ye retain, they are Retained. What are we supposed to do? As I already said, we're supposed to spread the gospel of Christ. We're supposed to preach the gospel of Christ. When Christ tells the disciples to forgive sins, he does not convey to them what is peculiar to himself. Who can forgive sins but God only? Mark 2 7. The ability to forgive sins belongs to Christ alone. Christ paid the price for sins. Old Testament saints were forgiven on credit. We are forgiven on debit the old account was settled long ago the price has been paid god paid the price christ paid the price for all my sins all my past sins my present sins and my future sins he did the same for you he did the same for your neighbor he did the same for the whole world first john 2 2 says he is the propitiation that means the act of appeasing wrath he is the propitiation of our sins and not for ours only but also for the sins of the whole world. Colossians 1.14 says, in whom we have redemption through his blood, even the forgiveness of sins. Christ hears a mission in them to go and preach the forgiveness of sins in his name. And I believe today, we as Christians, we still have that commission. We are still commissioned to go out everywhere we go and spread the gospel through missionaries, through going out to eat the like people that wait on us, the people we meet, our friends, our family, our neighbors. I believe that according to God's word that we have a challenge, we have a responsibility that is to share the gospel. Let's look at verse 23 again. Whosoever sins ye remit, they are remitted unto them. Whosoever sins ye retain, they are retained. What's that saying is whosoever you warn about their sins, whoever you tell about the great forgiveness that was in Jesus Christ that is in him in the redemption through his blood, through the price that is paid on 
Calvary, those sins, they will be forgiven. They will be remitted. But whosoever sins you don't mention, whosoever you don't tell about Christ, whosoever you don't share the gospel with, they will die in their sin. And I believe as Christians, we'll be held responsible someday for not sharing the gospel of Christ. Oh, that we spread the gospel of Christ. As you head to church this morning, I pray if you're a Sunday school teacher, if you're a preacher, you're a pastor, I pray that you will share the gospel of Christ with your congregation, with your Sunday school Christ, that you will challenge your church, challenge your church to spread the gospel of Christ. Oh, we must pray and support our missionaries. We must pray and support our pastors. We must be faithful, faithful to preach that precious gospel, the fact that Jesus Christ, He is the way, the truth, and the life, and no man cometh unto the Father but by me, but by Him. I'm glad that Christ paid the price for my sins. I'm trusting in Him today as my way to heaven. I pray if you're listening and you've not accepted Christ as your Savior, you don't have your sins under the blood, I pray that you'll stop right now and ask Christ into your heart. Ask Him to forgive you your sins. Ask Him to cleanse you. Ask Him to save your soul. Trust Him. Trust Him in the price that He paid on Calvary's Hill. I pray this message has been a blessing to you this morning. If you don't have a home church, we'd love to have you join us at Riverside Baptist Church, 871 Riverside Drive, Asheville, North Carolina. Our Sunday school program starts at 10 o'clock. We have classes for children. We have a worship hour at 11 on Sunday. We also have a Wednesday night prayer meeting and Bible study. We would Love to have you there, and we're sure it would be a blessing to you and us as well. God bless.